Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, it's Latif from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Fucking right. Fucking right. right. I love Hell yeah. I mean, come on. You need to be done, done, done. I love that it's song. It's so good. Oh, you know, you have you seen to... the video? The video's fine. I mean, she was just like it's giving him a so chub. It's so beautiful. It's great. I love, I ship them. Yeah, I ship them too, but I'm also like, Rihanna, just fuck him already so she's he can move on. Him. No, he's never going to move on. I think she's Drake dangled is somebody, the carrot. She's fucked him once. He got fucked up. He gets hung up on the drive. Text me in a crisis. No matter me in a crisis. No matter how much head My boyfriend and I started calling each other daddy and mommy, ironically. And I think we made it. We made it official. And it's very like Drake trying to be Puerto Rican, like Poppy. <laughs> so sometimes I go, hi, Poppy. Like, it's like very, very problematic. Hey friends, I'm Jessica Williams. And I'm Phoebe Robinson. And you're listening to Two Dope Queens from WNYC Studios. Sticky icky icky. Phoebe! This show was so fun. Oh my God, so fun. And also, it's a little different than what you guys have heard so far at home. First up, we have our buddy Josh Gondelman, who's a writer for Last Week Tonight, John Oliver. He told this kind of crazy story about his penis, but like, it's not like a gross penis story. But I will say that if you have kids in the room and they're not 17, you should get them out of there. But also maybe keep them in there. They can learn something. Take notes, you know? And then there's Micah Fox, who's one of the most underrated comics in New York City. And she has this great story about how she almost got killed by this weird murderer. (gasps) You know what else also scared the fuck out of me? When I learned about Justice Purity Ring. You never told me about that, girl. We have Jean Grey, not Jean Grey from X-Men. That would be cool, but Jean Grey, the rapper, who's black and funny and has cool hair and tattoos. You guys, this is a banging episode, so stick around. We are live from Union Hall in Brooklyn. I'm Jessica Williams. And I'm Phoebe Robinson. And uh, welcome to Two Dope Queens, yeah. baby. Yeah. Oh my gosh, your hair looks so good, by oh, the way. Thank you. You look like a season one alias, you know what I mean? Yeah, oh my gosh. But also, yes. like, but also like through the fire Shaka Khan, you know what I mean? Yeah. I love Jennifer Garner. I yeah, she's awesome. the best. She's, she's amazing. Awesome. Alias is the bomb. I hope she like bangs like a hot twenty five year old dude just to yeah. stick it to Ben Affleck. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean she'll be fine. Just, Both of them are gonna just be okay. The dirtiest sex. Just yeah, like yeah. Like Ben would never let me do this. Like that's yeah. the only kind of sex I want her to do. Yeah, you just know? like the opposite of like a Boston guy in every way. Right. <laughs> I think she deserves that. Oh my god! Because you know there have been nights where she's like been like, "Okay, Ben, are you and Matt really gonna do this right now?" Okay. <laughs> well, I'm gonna go fucking raise our kids. Good night. <laughs> Tell me about this hair real quick. 
Okay, so the hair, it was pretty chill. I, uh... So I had to take my I took my my dreads out. Okay, take, that was that took all night. Do dreads take that long to take down? Yeah, because I had to I had to unravel them from my right. hair. Yeah. Then I had to unbraid it. Then I had to right. detangle it. Right, right, right. And right. wash, deep condition it. Right. Then I had to detangle it again and blow dry it out so I could get that nice blowout look. So this is advanced concept for a lot of y'all right. in here. <laughs> that was, and we all you know we always try to keep that WNYC demo in the know. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that was... there. You threw a lot That out. was like... And I think right. there's like maybe 10 ladies in here that know what right. you just spoke about. I see you. I, yeah. yeah. We got some hands. Ah. We got some hands. They know. Ah. They know. And just beautiful hair yeah. all around. God that bless totally, you, queens. It's like the first time when a white person explained what bocce ball was to right. me. I was like... Right. I was like, what? Right. So yeah, I took my hair down while I was like watching uh just like random like TV and uh and so then I took all my hair. My hair's gotten like so long. Like I felt very uh, much like awesome. like Michael Hutchinson I uh in excess. Like that's uh-huh. like how long yeah. and like curly yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, and then I got this and it took three hours. That's not bad. Yeah, they were so quick. And I was so jazzed. I like went outside and I was like, I'm going to take pictures of myself against like a chain link fence and send to my parents because it's like artistic. I was very excited yeah. Yeah. about my hair. And then I go to, I go to Michael's uh, to pick up something I have framed and like my whole day got ruined. Why? What happened? Um, so I showed up. Because uh, I had the, I have framed the the New York Times article that we were in, uh-huh. and the newspaper had that framed just for like you know. Wanna, You're uh, really good at that stuff. Yeah, like having memories, like so, decorate my apartment. Yeah, yeah. And so I show up to get the frame, and it's completely empty in the frames department. And there's these two employees working like behind the desk, and like mm-hmm. they're not saying anything to me at first. And I'm like, it's totally fine. It's New York. I get it. Like you're gonna ignore me for a really long time. It's okay. So I'm just standing there. I'm like, do 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 do. I'm like on Facebook, whatever. Uh-huh. And then this white lady comes up, and before she even gets to the counter, they immediately start helping her. And I was like, uh, wow. So you unzipped. You unzipped a little bit. I was like, hi, hello, hi. Um, can you help me because you've been ignoring me for the past ten minutes? Not a good way to start. I understand, but I was pissed. You were live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And she was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, you're not. Um, but I was like, here's my idea. I'm here to pick up this frame. And she's like, oh, okay, great. And so I'm really being super stinking. Like, she's, like, trying to talk to me. I'm like, we're not friends. Uh-huh. And, and she's like, so, how'd you? Did yeah, I'm you, like, no, we're. Have you been growing your red hair out for a long time? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was like, I go, I go, you know what? I'm going to not go crazy black lady I'm gonna go inner white lady customer service that's how you do it this is unacceptable (laughs) 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 that I had to wait I don't understand what the problem is yeah yeah my favorite white lady customer service thing is never in my life That is the best phrase. Like, white, older white dudes do it, too. And they're like, never in my life have I been in this situation. Like, as if that is, like, the most devastating thing to the person they're complaining to. Like, the person's going to be like, oh, my God, this actually hasn't ever happened in her life. I'm really sorry we overlooked you, ma'am. 
<laughs> so I go, this is that this is not that why is this a problem? Uh-huh. And she goes, Oh, you know, I'm just so sorry. It's just like really busy right here. <laughs> I'm like, are there customers hiding underneath all the frames? There's no one fucking here but me, no. dude. No. It was like I am legend. There was no one here but me <laughs> and a goddamn dog, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, so that yeah, play, that was yeah. like that sucks. It was a super high and then a super low, low. Yeah, that day. I and had something like that. Well, I like the idea of trying to like check your your black woman. You're like angry black woman for a second. Right. Um, I had one where I was somewhere in the Midtown area at <laughs> very late at night. I had just gotten out of like a work party, so it was just me by myself. And I walked out into the street and I put my hands up to hail a cab and then there are these two black guys behind me and they're like, hey, hey. And I was like, yeah, yes. And they're like, can we go with you? Oh. And I was like, uh, no, uh, no. So I tried, like, I was going to be like, of course not. Like, no, right. I'm, a, I'm a woman. Like, right. no. So I was like, oh, uh, no. And they were like, no, what do you mean no? And I was like, well, like, I, I don't know you. I just met you. And then as soon as I started doing that, one of the guys starts doing an impression of me, and then he starts, like, doing this with his finger. He just no. starts snapping, and he's like, oh, you don't know me? I can't go home with you? Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I can't even believe. And then I start to see, like, the white tourists that are in Midtown. And so I'm getting self-conscious. I'm like, I can't snap here. Right, right. They are taking pictures. I can't be that woman here. And so I'm like, okay, calm down. And I was like, okay, can you please, sir, Please stop doing that. Please stop mimicking me. Like, like, oh, so you want me to stop mimicking you? Huh? You want me to stop mimicking? I was like, oh, please stop. Stop. Why are we having this conversation? I was like, it got to the point where I was like, I can't believe I'm having an argument with you right now about you not getting in a cab with me. Yeah. Like, that's insane. And so then he was like, look at her. Look at her lip. Top lip. Snarling like a pit bull. Look. (gasps) Typical black woman snarling like a pit bull. (laughs) And so then that's when I was like, I don't give a fuck. So I was like, you shut the fuck up. I can't even believe this. You're an asshole. You're not supporting me. I can't even believe it. This is something black women need more support and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just livid and I just became that woman. Right. And then I realized halfway, I was like, what am I doing? Like 30 seconds into it because he's just mocking me and then he starts barking at me. So he's just barking. I was like, you know, I need to get in the car. I need to get in the car. So I get in the car and he's still barking at me. So then I roll down the window. I was like, keep barking. Keep barking. Please take me to, please take me to Prospect Heights. Please. I can't. I can't believe the barking. That the seems. The barking though. That seems like From crazy. our people. I know. Oh my God. I was like, that is what made me the most upset was the barking. Yeah. As if like. There's this problem with female anger and there's this problem with black female anger right. that I can't handle, especially when oftentimes I feel it's justified. Right. And also it's like you don't know these guys. You don't want to get in a cat. That just sounds their logic sketchy. was their yeah. logic was it, it was not there. Yeah. 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 But when they're starting from that fucking crazy town USA, right. then what, what argument do you have to make with like a crazy person who's barking at you? There's yeah. nothing you can say. Yeah. It's, it's so not fair. Yeah. It's like female anger, then she's an angry feminist. Black woman, then she's an angry black woman. I, it makes me so upset. Yeah. Whereas like dudes go out and play football and like <clears throat> boxing's a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
And they're like, come at me, bro. Yeah. Come at me, man. Like, wrestling is fake and people are really into it. You right. know what I mean? I meant to wrestling. That's fine. Okay, I'm cool. saying that's allowed to exist. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's right. allowed to exist. And yeah. yet female anger is not. Yes, that's it's, true. It's upsetting. Yeah, not cool. Okay, I, we should uh, we should get this show started. How you guys feel about that? You guys ready? Um, so I've been seeing a lot on social media about people crushing it, and like we we all pretend like we're crushing it all the time, every day, baby. Right. So I fake it till you make it, baby. <laughs> so we were like, let's get real tonight, and let's talk about some failures because we've all screwed up, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, oh, most definitely. Yeah. So tonight our theme is failures, and we have. So many amazing, talented people tonight who are going to tell you about the times they screwed up, did stuff wrong, and we can all feel sorry for them, but also be like, oh, we all failed together. But also being like, what? They did what? I'm better than that. So it's a lot happening. You'll leave feeling better, or when you're listening to it, you'll feel a little bit better about yourself. Right. And I'm very excited about our first storyteller tonight. He is a writer for Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. He co-wrote a book called You Blew It. Please welcome Josh Josh Gondelman! Thank you. Uh, it's It's so nice to be here with all of you. So this is a story of probably my lowest professional point, but I want to couch it by saying it's also a story about defeating a nemesis. <laughs> and that's like a hard thing to do. And I, I want you guys to feel the hope of that at the end of the story. And, and I will tell you right up front, my nemesis was the CEO of a pharmaceutical corporation, <laughs> which sounds like a formidable opponent. Until I tell you he was the CEO of a pharmaceutical corporation that predominantly manufactured a penis-numbing spray marketed towards premature ejaculators. So less of a worthy adversary, I'll admit. Because we're talking about a doctor who at some point in his career was like, no, you guys handle cancer. I'm going to hook it up for the dudes who think sex feels too awesome. (laughs) Why? No reason. Have you been talking to Sheila? Anyway, so... The reason this guy is in my life at all is because I was at a period in my life where I was doing a lot of freelance writing, and I got an offer from an editor that I worked for. She said she wrote to me. She was like, Josh, will you test and write about this penis-numbing spray marketed towards premature ejaculators? And I wrote back, as any man would, why would you even ask me that? <laughs> That's never happened to me before. I turned into Rocky Balboa very briefly. <laughs> And then she wrote back telling me how much money they would pay me, right? Which at the, that, that point was a large sum to me. And I wrote back without even finishing her email. I just wrote back one word, yes. And then I had to write a second email apologizing for how brief the first email had been. <laughs> promising future correspondence would be more mutually satisfying. <laughs> Offering to pick up brunch the next day. You guys understand. So I pick up the penis-numbing spray from the magazine's office. And that night, I'm on a third date with a young lady, and we were getting along great, and we hadn't spent the night together yet, which I only say for context. And we're out at this bar drinking, and I get a little drunk, and I mention this writing assignment to her. My mistake. And she says, very reasonably, I'm not into that idea at all. (laughs) 
Which, of course, she isn't. As I mentioned, we hadn't spent the night together without performance-enhancing drugs. She doesn't want me coming at her for the first time with, like, a dead-eyed, remorseless Javier Bardem in No Country for Old Men boner. (laughs) Just deciding who lives and dies on a whim, flipping a coin. You guys have great visual imaginations, those of you who are groaning, and I respect that. I'm jealous of it. So she says, I'm not into that at all. And I say, drunkenly, fine, I'll take care of this on my own. Which is the most self-righteously a man had ever declared he was leaving a date to masturbate by himself somewhere else. And that's what happened. I went home and I I picked up my penis-numbing spray out of the paper bag I was carrying it around in. And I used the maximum dosage recommended. I used 10 spritzes, which is... If those of you who are not intimately familiar with penis-numbing spray quantities, it's a lot. I wanted to use one more spritz so I could be like, my penis goes to 11, but... I didn't want to exceed the dosage of a medicine for the sake of a spinal tap reference. So I use 10 sprays and I I get started and it's not great. It's not terrific. Uh, I don't know if this is common to any other men here, but for me, a big part of enjoyment of a sexual experience is being able to feel my penis. (laughs) That's what I'm into. And I couldn't. It was no good at all. It it was like listening to a fish song. I was like 25 minutes in, no end in sight. Just a lot of aimless, like, <laughs> like, is this still going on? I thought this was supposed to be a new thing by now. Someone told me the live version was supposed to be good. This isn't good. So finally, I finish. And it's not like the good finish. You know, it's not like a grand finale. <laughs> so uh, it, it happens. And I, I write the article and I file it with a magazine and it runs on their website. And within 30 minutes, I got an email from the CEO of the company. He was furious. And I know that because the title of the email was, this is ridiculous. (laughs) And I didn't read the email, but I could tell from the little preview that pops up on your phone that the body of it wasn't like a video of a pug pushing another pug in a stroller. (laughs) So it's like, he's probably pretty mad at me. (laughs) And I didn't answer his email. I didn't. I was like, I don't have any thing to say to him uh, he'll hear from me when i hear from his lawyer was what i said out loud to no one because it was just a thing i saw john ham say once on television <laughs> so i i go to sleep that night and i wake up the next morning and i have another email and this one is from his lawyer <laughs> and i was like touche nemesis <laughs> the game is afoot well played which is just something i saw benedict cumberbatch say once on television <laughs> So uh, I have to get a lawyer to deal with his lawyer because I, I couldn't go to jail over this, right? I, whatever he was mad at. And, and at no point did I say his product was ineffective. If anything, I said it worked too efficiently. <laughs> so I have to get a lawyer to deal with his lawyer. So it's a long week. It's three days. It's half the week. And my lawyer is going back and forth with his lawyer over the phone, over email. That's what I know. That's all I know. I don't know what they're saying to one another. I assume one is yelling objection. The other's yelling overruled, which is the thing I saw Sam Waterston say once on television. 
And, and I don't know what's happening. I'm in the dark and I'm stressed out constantly for three days. And I feel so bad for even accepting this assignment, for going through with it, for tangentially bringing this young woman into it. I just feel like a real piece of trash. Then after three days, I get a call from my lawyer who said everything's resolved. They changed a little bit in the article and I'm in no more danger or trouble. And I felt incredible relief. And then 30 minutes later, I get another email from the CEO of the company and I don't read it, but I do respond. I wrote, Dear Chad, which wasn't even his name. (laughs) He just had a Chad-like demeanor, so I called him Chad. I was walking on sunshine. Nothing could touch me. (laughs) I uh, believe our business to be concluded. I expect no further communication from you. Good luck with all your penis-numbing endeavors, both professional and, I'm assuming, personal winky face. (laughs) I'm sorry to be brief with you, but it seems like that's kind of your thing, second winky face. (laughs) Good day, Josh. That's what I wrote to him. And I wrote it that way because I knew by sending him a terse, business-like email, I'd be on the record saying, like, we're done. Don't talk to me anymore. I will take this to another authority if you keep pursuing this with me because legally we're through. I also wrote a terse, business-like email Because I knew it would make him lose his mind and write back to me immediately, which he did. He wrote back within another half an hour. I didn't read that email either. Still haven't. I did write back. One sentence, all caps. I said good day, sir. Nemesis vanquished. Thank you guys so much. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your show. Back to Phoebe and Jessica, who are wonderful. Give it up for Josh Gondelman. This message comes from Two Dope Queen sponsor, BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in the day, how would you use it? BetterHelp Online Therapy can help you figure out what's most important to you so you can prioritize it. Learn to make time for what makes you happy. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DopeQueens today to get 10% off your first month. Everybody's got a story about a piece of music. I thought this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. It's about pure experience, pure connection, pure joy. This song allowed me to survive. I'm Terrence McKnight with a new season of The Open Ears Project. Every Monday in under 20 minutes, you'll hear a different guest share their story. So you can start your week on the right note. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Our next storyteller is very funny. You should honestly friend her on Facebook. I rarely say this about people, but friend her on Facebook. Her status updates are fucking hilarious. Really? They're so they're so good. Oh, I got to do um, it. Uh, and uh, she has a podcast that she does called This Week in Jackin, which is like jacking off. It's awesome. Yeah. It's <laughs> basically about um, people talk about the first time that they masturbated to like the last thing that they masturbated recently. <laughs> Which and is, like, amazing. Dope. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I, what's your last thing you masturbated to? Oh, my God. Um, 
Sometimes I just don't even, you know what it is? I have a spiritual experience where I just black out. <laughs> and then I wake up and I came and I go, oh, because I have my little, my little toy. Right. So right, sometimes right. I just go, I just go, it's like meditation for me. Yeah. And the coming is enlightenment. Ooh. That's awesome. You got to get this toy. I uh, guess. I'm scared. Uh, the last, oh, my God. The last thing I'm asked to was like the idea of a man? Yeah, 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 yeah. So was it, is it like somebody who like has a job and a 401k plan? He has like a mustache that he takes care of. I was just like, any dude. He has like an Equinox membership. Right, all those things. I've just been so busy working and I went home to visit my family. I haven't had sex in a while. I'm like, just the idea of it is enough. Yeah. To get me off. So I love just, that. Like a concept of a man. Right. I felt, I was like, ooh, I'm like a philosophy yeah. major. Yeah. I feel like. Well, it's interesting when you do start masturbating, what your brain decides to come up where well, you go, oh, this is where we are. Oh, we're in the jungle. Oh. <laughs> you go, oh, here we are. And then you just ride it. Yeah. But the concept of a man, I very jaw on. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. And it's like, I was like, ooh, am I like Socrates? Like, yeah. should people like study me after I die? Maybe. Like, I don't. Maybe. Why not? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so she... <laughs> She's amazing and yes. very funny. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Micah Fox! I kind of just want to keep listening to what they masturbate to. But we can tell a story, too. Uh, there's no one who deserves to fail more than a recent college grad I think I, uh, I when when I graduated from college I just was so full of like this naive arrogance you know that I think needs to fuel you through the years of just utter failure you're gonna face you just need to believe you deserve things because um, no one else believes that but you. Uh, so my belief was that I was going to be a great comedy writer. Uh, and I had never written anything by the time I graduated college. But that was not an obstacle for me. I, uh, I moved to L.A. and I just started looking through Craigslist and, um, because that's how everyone gets their start um, unless you want to be a paid writer. So, uh, but lo and behold, like my, within my first week of searching, I find the subject line for the ad, head writer of a comedy sketch show for Fox TV. And I was like, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, they would hire someone for this job on Craigslist. Uh, so I write him an email and I was like, hello, I'm a comedy writer. Uh, and I was like, why, why wouldn't I be? I just wrote that. <laughs> And uh, I send it out. I have no resume to speak of. You know, I'm just like, oh, I'm a comedy writer. Hire me. And the guy emails me back right away, uh, which should have been my first clue. He emails me back. He's like, you need to call me. I'm like, okay, I'm calling you. Wow, this is moving so quickly. So he calls. He's like, hello, my name is Dan. Dan the Man Trabondi. And I'm like, of course it is. And, uh, and he's like, what we're going to do is I, I have my own television show. It's going to be called The Dan Show, and it's going to be a mix of sketches, and that's what I need you to write. And then there's going to be interviews with very interesting people like strippers. And, uh, and then the rest of it's just a reality show because I lead a very interesting life. And I was like, and Fox wants to make a show about this? And he's like, well, it's a Fox affiliate. Have you ever heard of Xena Warrior Princess? Uh, and I'm like, 
Yeah, I guess. And uh, and he's like, well, what they did, a lot of people don't know, is they were never hired to write Warrior Princess. The people who wrote that show bought airtime like they do for paid programming, like infomercials. And they just started putting their show on television, and it became so successful, they were able to sell their ads, and now they're millionaires. And that's what we're going to do. <laughs> and I'd never done coke before. <laughs> So I didn't recognize the symptoms. Uh, so I was like, great, I'm in. And, uh, and he's like, whoa, whoa, hold on. I need to give you a writing test. I'm like, of course, of course. And uh, so he's like, uh, I definitely want to sketch about Saddam Hussein. Uh, and he's got his own line of champagne, and it's called Saddam Perignon. <laughs> And uh, I'm like, no problem, because at this point I know nothing about comedy writing, but I do understand that he's trying to make a whole sketch out of a pun, and I'm like, I could do better than that. Uh, so I write something, it had a talking donkey, it was definitely racist, and, uh, and he's like, I love it, of course, you know, and, uh, and he's like, so, so you're hired, and uh, you'll, you'll come to Vegas, and we'll work on this show for two weeks, uh, and you just stop by my house first. Oh. And I'm like, great. I'm a comedy writer. Uh, uh, what could possibly go wrong? I don't. I don't know if you guys have ever been to the part of Vegas that's outside of the Strip. It is the saddest. It is where hope goes to die. It is straight tract homes, and every tract home is a tombstone for someone's dreams. <laughs> So I, I'm driving through these tract homes. It's just a maze, and I I drive all night, and I get I get there. And uh, and I walk up to the front door and I ring the doorbell and uh, the guy's like, who the fuck is there? And I'm like, oh, I see what I've done to myself. <laughs> I'm like a 21 year old little girl. I've put myself in a real bad situation. Uh, but uh, here comes fame. So. And uh, I say, who the fuck is there? And then I'm like, it's uh, Micah, you're a writer, right? And, uh, and then you hear like 5,000 locks being unlocked. It's like click, 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 click. Uh, and, uh, and the door swings open and there's this like Frankenstein of a man just standing there. He's huge. He has red hair. He's mid 40s, but got the skin of a 60 year old. You know, he's got these riddling eyes, you know, like he's looking directly at me, but his, he can't focus. And he gives me he gives me the elevator eyes. It does the whole scan, and he's like, uh, "You're mousier than I expected, oh. right?" And I was like, "Ah, but I'm here to write, not fuck, right?" So, <laughs> and he's like, "Touche." So he's like, "Come on in." I'm like, "Yes, I'm in." And uh, he brings me in. He starts talking very quickly. He's like, "The entire crew's on their way. You know, we're gonna have to write the entire series, you know, tonight." And uh, but so get started and, uh, and just come into the kitchen and start writing. And I've never written anything before in my life, so I'm like, "I better get to work." And so he goes upstairs to probably do a shit ton of blow and bury a hooker. <laughs> and coming down the stairs is a very beautiful woman like you know like las vegas stripper you know she had to fight her way up to that kind of stripping position beautiful and long dark hair and she's got these like knee socks that are rainbow colored that like go up above her knee and she comes down and she's like hi i'm ecstasy <laughs> and i'm like of course you are and she's like spelled xtc and i'm like yeah i knew i knew that I saw that one coming. And she's like, 
She's like, listen, we don't have a lot of time, but I got to fill you in on Dan. I'm like, uh oh. And she's like, he promised you you were going to stay at a hotel while you wrote for these two weeks, but he's going to want you to stay here because he's really cheap and he's not going to want to pay the hotel fee. He's like, but trust me, this is the best idea anyway. The hotel's really shitty and I'll be here anyway because I'm his girlfriend and so we'll be gal pals in it together. And I'm like, Mm, oh, okay, you know, and she's like, oh, and there's another thing, and I'm like, yeah, and she's like, and then he starts coming back down the street, she's like, never mind, forget it, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, what, right? And so he comes down the stairs, and the next thing you know, the house is like full of people. He's brought an entire crew of people from L.A., and there's like, you know, there's cameramen and, and producers and all this stuff, and it's an entire team of men, and I'm the writer, and I'm like, yes! <laughs> I've done it and I'm like so powerful and then we break for the night and everybody leaves and it's just him me in ecstasy and he chooses that moment to propose to her (laughs) and he gets on his knee and he's like ecstasy you're so beautiful and I'm just like should I keep writing or (laughs) what is this and he's like he's like you know I've really loved our time together will you marry me And she goes, fool, you know I don't love you. And I'm like, no, (laughs) no. And she leaves. And now it's him and me. And he's like, so you're staying here, right? And I'm like, oh. And he's like, there's something I want to show you. So we go into the living room. And he's like, this is the last television show I worked on. It's a reality show. And we sit down on these chairs. And he turns it on. And it's footage of his house that we're in. It's silent surveillance footage of other people who were there and did not know they were being filmed. And he and I are watching this, and I'm like, what the fuck kind of a saw situation? And so I'm just sitting there, and he sees me getting nervous, and he looks over, and he goes, Micah, do you think I'm going to murder you? And I say, I don't know. And he goes, okay, well, I'll tell you what. Why don't you get up and leave and see if you can? (laughs) (laughs) Swear to God. (laughs) And with a challenge like that, you gotta, right? You can't just be like, nah, I'm good. I'm not going to try and see if I can leave, you know? So I just, I get up real slowly as though that's going to make a difference. And I get up and I I pick up my laptop because if I'm going to make it out, I'm really going to need this thing, you know? And I just walk slowly to the door, like trying to sense if he's behind me with a cleaver, but I refuse to look behind me because that's how you get killed. So I'm just slowly slowly walking to the door and my hand reaches the doorknob and I'm shocked that I made it all the way to the door and then my body just is like go go so I open the door and I run outside I go into my car I have my keys on me somehow and I just driving I gas on the pedal drive he's not in the car and I'm going and I'm going and it's like a maze of a neighborhood and I'm like holy shit oh my god and like you know I finally see a 7-eleven and I'm like yes I know you and <laughs> And I go into the parking lot, which is, you know, where every major decision I've ever made in my life has probably occurred. Uh, and, and, and I just pull off to the 7-Eleven, and I'm, like, panting, and I'm breathing, and I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Uh, I, with the, and, uh, and then I'm like, what are you doing? Uh, you're blowing this amazing opportunity. <laughs> 
Are you really going to blow this chance to be the head writer of a Fox kind of TV show? <laughs> Just because you're scared of a guy? You know? and, uh, and I'm like, come on, Mike, man up. You can do this. Because you know when you're like 21 and no one's ever offered you anything, you think that's your only chance. You think, you, you think these are the stories that people tell on Inside the Actor Studio. <laughs> So I'm in the, my rearview mirror just being like, you could do this, Micah. And if this is the last time you look at yourself, goodbye, you died trying. And I turn the car around, and I go back to his house. And I get out of the car, and I bring my laptop, and I open the door, and it's still unlocked. And I walk in, and he's still in his chair watching that creepy-ass footage. And he sees me, and he starts laughing. <laughs> He's like, ah, you really thought I was going to kill you? And I was like, I still do. <laughs> but I am here to work, goddammit. Um, and then the next two weeks, we wrote that show, and he paid me $200, and I stole all of his weed. <laughs> and that show is still on my resume today. Thanks, guys. Give it up for Micah Everybody's got a story about a piece of music. I thought this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. It's about pure experience, pure connection, pure joy. This song allowed me to survive. I'm Terrence McKnight with a new season of The Open Ears Project. Every Monday in under 20 minutes, you'll hear a different guest share their story. So you can start your week on the right note. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Never want to be 21 again. That's no. crazy. Oh my gosh. You're so dumb. Yeah. You're so dumb at 21. Yeah. You're so dumb. Yeah. I'm sure I think what I didn't I don't think I did anything crazy. Probably though. Not crazy, but like dumb. You right. know what I mean? That's true. But uh I was in like a love saga at 21. That oh, was geez. really like a college dormy one. <gasps> what yeah, happened? It was very like I'm you know, as you know, I'm like number one Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. <laughs> and I really was rewatching it at that age and there was this guy that I knew in my crew that like I he sort of reminded me of Angel. And more so in the sense that he was like broody and whenever we would like hang out, he would just be like, oh, I want to be together, but we can't. And I would go, why? And then he'd be like, you're too good for me. Oh, <laughs> fuck you. And so, <laughs> and so this happened for like three and a half years. Oh, my God. And I, I know. <sighs> But I was dumb, but I was like, you know what? You know, my other options were Chris Brown, but that <laughs> isn't going to happen. But I took that. Yeah. And finally, I had wrestled him down after this, let's date, and then no, and then he did go hook up with my friends, obviously. <gasps> right? Oh and he, so he would go, he'd be like, you're too good for me, but what's the deal with Samantha? <laughs> Was she like put out? And I'd be like, well, I don't know. Like, yeah, I got, but I didn't like stand up for myself. Right. Or, like, and then I would just give him all of my time. Like, he'd be like, hey, I'm bored. Do you want to like go fart around at a movie? And I'd be like, yeah, okay. But it just wasn't a date, you know? Oof. Then I would go home and then go on my Tumblr and be like, why? Like, why am I not getting dated? <laughs> 
Um, so anyway, I finally <laughs> rustled him down and I convinced him to take me out on a date so that we try something new, right? Okay. And so we went on a date and he came over, picked me up. And then he was like, we got Mexican food. And then he's like, I have a surprise for you because it's in California. And so he just, we drove and then we went to the beach, right? And then he opened up this bag and then pulled out papers and like two pens. And he's like, I want to sketch like the sunset. (laughs) It's like, are you putting your dick in my (laughs) vagina hole or not? But you have to think though, up until that. What is three days? But it was like not was though you know what I mean oh like, my God. because I grew up super Christian you know right. I did that purity ring ceremony oh wow you were in it you shit. were in it okay right wow. like I had sworn my vajayjay because I was like wow. and as a teenager I was like I'll never think boys are cute I just like Lizzie McGuire and <laughs> wait so a purity ring is it's uh, that's a whole other story but it's wow. basically just a ring that you get you take this course and oh, you're wow. like 13 and it's like eight weeks. And basically it's your church explaining to you why penises are wrong and sexuality is wrong and masturbation is wrong unless you're married. And if you're married, you need to make sure you go through premarital counseling and counseling and you need to make sure you're ready for it because sex is demonic and like masturbation is demonic. That's like what they teach you. Wow. And then you stand up in front of a church and you make a pledge that you will not have sex until you're married. Whoa. Right. It's like some fucked up, like mad oppressive shit. Mm. So at that, that's what I'm saying. At 21, right. I was still exercising some of those demons that I had in my body <laughs> telling me that I needed to clamp this down. Right. Right. Um, so anyway... We start sketching the sunset. (laughs) Mine's is like this surreal thing. I drew like a whale and stuff. And then his is actually very good. Like he had done this before. Right. And then um, I was like, oh, my God, that's so romantic. I just can't even believe it. Maybe I can give him my purity ring. And um, oh, my God. Then we were driving back and the date was over and I'm just so enamored. And then. We pull over around the corner from my parents' house, and we start making out. <gasps> and this is a huge deal for me. That's like, huge. fucking posted on Tumblr a million times, like, <laughs> text everyone. And so we're making out, and while we're making out, he just pulls away, and then he starts breathing heavily like this. And he's looking into my eyes, and I'm like, what's going on? He grabs my face, and he starts. we start making out again. And then he pulls my face back, and he looks at me again. He goes, (sighs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, I love doing this. And I was like, what? He's like, don't you just want to savor this moment? (laughs) And I was like, no. No. (laughs) Because even I, you know, entering the... The gates, the, the highly closed gates of my sexuality was right. like, no, like, fucking make out with me. Why are you doing right. this? Yeah. This is so emo. So then he's it's so like, emo. so, like, dashboard confessional. He it's is. Like, and he was very you know? much like, like, his favorite songs at that time were like, um, cause it's you and me and all of the <laughs> 
oh, he's getting roasted right now. Or like, gravity. Like, <laughs> so you have to like put yourself in that young boy's mind, you know what I mean? He's like, what would John Mayer do in this moment? <laughs> So that's where we were. Oh my God. So then he drops me off. I'm like, bye. And I'm, you know, also updating my live journal because I still had my live journal secretly at the time. I had the best date, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, like, this is going to be it. Like, this is my boyfriend. We're all these things. Da, 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 da. And then, like, he doesn't text me back. He doesn't text me for, like, two weeks. And then I see that he starts... Like, I think he's like posting on either it was either Facebook or MySpace, don't remember. Like, had a date with a super hot girl, like, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't me, by the way, it was somebody else. And so I was like, oh, oh, okay, well, then that's that's that. But that took me three and a half years to get there. Oh, that is dumb. Yeah, you could have been like out going on dates with like other like all dudes. sorts, all types. Oh, three and a half. What years. a waste. Yeah. And it's funny because I still see him every yeah. now and then. I'm like, what the? Why did I? Oh my yeah. god. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Jay Willie, no. Yeah. Oh, I wish that I was like my own Whitney Houston and Cinderella that I could like flash to myself. Yeah. And be my own fairy godmother at 21. And be like, no, no, no. It's yeah. possible. <laughs> it's possible for you not to fuck with a fuckboy tonight. <laughs> All the darling fiddly D. Oh, no, girl. It's <laughs> for Whitney. That was for Whitney. <laughs> Miss yeah. her. You have to, in your 20s, you have to have a fuckboy. I had a fuckboy. We all had. Like a dum-dum. Yeah. It was the same thing where it was like, he was a stand-up. I don't think he does stand-up anymore, but like, we started doing stand-up around the same time, and we go like the same open mics together and like, talk about comedy. It's like, oh, hey, did you see, did you see um, Ellen DeGeneres' first HBO special? <laughs> it was like really good, right? Yeah. Would you believe it? It was clean. It was, so, it was clean, <laughs> like no curse words, and she like murdered for an hour, and I was like, oh my God, I know, like, this is so cute, right? And... I was obsessed with him. We used to talk to like all, all, all the other comedians knew that I liked this kid. Uh-huh. Like we would like sit together like dinner after a show and like we would like rub thighs together. I'd be like, oh my God, this uh, is happening. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and he like invited me back to his apartment one time to like smoke pot out of a bong. And I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Uh-huh. And um, so we've been doing this like kind of like where he was he was be like oh like you're so great you're so funny I just love like hanging out with you and he's like you have to come to my Halloween party you like you have to be there like at this point I, like spent the night at his place like nothing happened but I was like that's because this is gonna be like a deep relationship so right right, right. the way you spend that at 21 right. is really an art right it's like it's like it's like we're waiting because this is profound right. <laughs> This is important to him, right. which is why right. he, we won't have sex tonight. Right. He, like, doesn't want to ruin this connection yet because he just... Like, this is what Aiden did with Carrie initially yeah. in season right. three of Sex in the City. Right, 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 right. And they ended up dating. So, just wait. Fucking and Aiden. Aiden. Fucking Aiden. Fuck I can't it. deal with her. She's a fucking socio. I he don't He fucking redid her floors. He, like, she get out of yeah. here. Kill yourself. Part, I know. Um, <laughs> For like a man who will leave you at the altar, get the fuck out yeah, of here. Like, get you, girl gone. Yeah. All uh, she needed was a black friend. Yeah. 
That's so true. Her it friends, is. her friends, like co-signed her bullshit way too much. They all they did was co-sign each other's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Miranda was the only real bitch on right. The show. Like, yes. I'm about my life. Yes. Yes. I'm about my life. Yeah, so she was like, Steve, I'm tired of watching this fucking puppy. I don't know. I don't know. Like, what do you do with your life, Steve? I don't know. Why are you throwing your basketball against my freshly painted wall, Steve? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Miranda. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, Miranda. You're the one, Miranda. It's like, worse. She had the hot black doctor. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Oh, my God. But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. They couldn't handle black people on that show as evidenced by that episode, right? Right, 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 right. Like, the shit that they wrote in that episode is yeah. just like, really? Yeah. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah. 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 I don't know. And so in my head, I was like, we're going to go the way of Aiden and Carrie, but not break up. I was like, this is going to happen. And so he was like, you have to come to my Halloween party. It's going to be so much fun. It'll be great for us to like hang out. And I was like, oh, my God. As I'm, I'm going to go as a flapper, and he, his dick is going to get so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a shifty, loose dress right. flapper. Just, and like a weird feather flapper. Right. I'm like, this yeah. is what guys are into. <laughs> Chicago had just come out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I was like, I was so pumped. And then he invited this other girl. Uh, and so they hung out the whole night. And I was like fucking in the kitchen drinking punch by myself. And she uh, was like, of course, like super hot, amazing body. And I was like, I'm such a fucking idiot. No. I let this go on for a year thinking like tonight was going to be the night where we become. Yeah. You know, but that's the same thing with that guy. He yeah. only ended up hooking up with like blonde like white like super hot like conventionally hot right right you know but that shit's like boring you know what i mean <laughs> yeah that's don't like, you want somebody like mad fucking down to earth who's like whatever dude yeah <laughs> <laughs> right fucking so i take my bra off as soon as i get in the house yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just spicier you know right like look at us yeah, we're so much cooler. Oh my god! Yeah, far and away. Yeah, you want you want to end up with Scarlett Johansson? I fell asleep. Oh, oh. god! <laughs> Fuck so you. boring. Yeah, so boring. Yeah. Uh, what do you like to do? Um, I like to um. um. <laughs> 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 Nothing. Um, yeah. Um, I. I go to I go to yoga. Oh bar, my god! And ballet bars like really just changed my life. <laughs> I have I can't hang out because I need to go get a blowout. <laughs> <laughs> I wax regularly and, and on time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never miss my wax. I pay them forward. <laughs> <laughs> I am I'm gluten free. Um, oh. And it's a personal choice of mine, and I, I feel really confident about it. <laughs> it's like, fuck you. It's like, I am not like a feminist. I'm an equalist. Like, I believe. <laughs> I get feminism. <laughs> but I also really like humanism. <laughs> so I identify as a humanist. You don't want what? that girl. You it's don't never want that a girl. Never yeah. a struggle. The girl sucks. Never a struggle. 
All right, let's bring up our next act. (laughs) (laughs) So fuck that girl, let's bring up our next guest. Our next storyteller is very amazing, very hilarious. She's been on the show a couple times. She's one of our favorites, and she has a show that's here at Union Hall twice a month called The Show Show. Please give it up for Jean Grey! I was really, really excited when they asked me to do this particular show, and they were like, oh, storytelling, and it's about failures. And immediately I was like, oh, man. And then I couldn't think of any, like, failure stories. And then my first thought was like, oh, because you don't fail. And then uh, immediately before I got... uh, even through the end of the word fail, uh, the back of my brain was like, you have failed so much! You can't put them in order! Um, uh, so then I, I got a whole bunch of stories in my head, and I was like, but also, uh, this is being broadcast. So, mm, mm-hmm. uh, So maybe some of those stories you should not tell about those failures. So many, I had 20 of them, and I was like, don't involve those dudes. Um, maybe just make it about yourself. Uh, so I thought what would be a great idea... Um, uh, I know uh, sometimes when we're kids and and a lot of us and and, uh, teachers are like, hey, a really good exercise uh, for you is to write a letter to yourself in the future. And then you open it in the future and you see like, wow, like how many things was I really attempting to do? How many of these things have I accomplished? Um, So I remembered that I actually wrote a letter to myself, uh, which was supposed to be open today. What a coincidence. So I brought it, um, and I'm going to read that. And uh, I I guess uh, stories of failure-wise, we'll kind of just live it out in real time and uh, see how many things I have and have not done. Uh, Dear 2016 Jean, hello. It's me. Well, you... But December 31st at 4.38 p.m. 2015, you. So young. So crazy. Must be so different. How time changes us. It is so lit right now. I bet you don't even remember what that means in 2016. It means a good time. What is the future even like? I can't imagine it. The future is full of endless possibilities, which, of course, you must be enjoying the fruitful bounty of. Robot servants. Jetpacks. Hovercrafts that are suspended in air ever so gently and never touch the ground because that's what hovering means. Maybe the L train even operates as an actual functioning train on the weekends instead of being a shuttle bus crammed with beards, cat sweaters, and misplaced aggression towards gentrification by the people who have created gentrification. (laughs) 
Hey, is DJ Khaled in really good shape yet? How could he not be? Listen, you can't walk all the way to the kitchen and have your personal chef, who does not want to be on camera, make you eat egg whites, turkey sausage, hash browns, and water for breakfast, and then jerk chicken, curry chicken, a bowl full of potatoes, a jar of butter, a Cornish hen covered with another Cornish hen, and 50 bottles of diabetes-filled apple pie-flavored Ciroc and not be in amazing shape. Did I mention the 10 minutes montage of him being on a treadmill at which setting can only be described as nap time? He's the best. They don't want you to be fit. Lion, bless up, another one. Speaking of workouts, I know you have lost about 10 pounds already. Giving up cigarettes and drinking was a great decision. You look so good. Also, the rule you made for throwing away all of your I am wearing this in too many photos clothes is something to be proud of. That red and black flannel shirt and those ripped jeans don't fit you anymore and take half an hour to get into, but they're now enjoying a new home due to the goodwill drive you threw after the Two Dope Queens Union Hall show. Good job. Just in general, the commitment you've made to self-grooming, even when working on 90 projects, is a good one. Your nails look so cute, that shade of red. (laughs) Just painted them for tonight. Never again let your nail polish just flake off and walk around for days without redoing them. (laughs) Promise to self, it's so unprofessional. There's only so many times you can get away with telling people that your janky nail polish is a nail art of a bird's eye view of 10 obscure Mediterranean islands. (laughs) Oh man, you know what must feel great? Your inbox. I know that it took hours upon hours out of January 1st, 2nd, and 3rd to delete all of those crap and old emails, but it's a new day. Never again will you let unneeded things take up space. Mm Mm-hmm. You are a champion. Now you can send yourself things like songs you're working on, sketches, bits, even this as an email. If you decide to open and read it, you won't have to print up papers because it'll be right there. There won't be a mistake of spilling anything crazy like wine on your papers and then not being able to read it. Champion. Procrastination, what an enemy. But guess what? I know you have got a handle on that shit now. You will have all of your work done far before it's due, like an adult, because that's what you are. (laughs) Speaking of adult things, man, tonight is going to be the shit. You don't want to go to a crazy party or four. And that's why tonight, you and your boo are only going to one and a possible party. You're so ready this early in the day. How responsible. You laid your clothes out on the bed like it's the first day of school. Adorbs. All you have to do is just put your pants on. And they aren't even pants. They're leggings. What you won't do is just sit on the couch with your boo and watch Pitbull's New Year's Eve party and order pizza with no pants on and then fall asleep. Because you make your own decisions. Couch isn't the boss of you. Man, I wish I were you right now. You've got it together, and I am so proud. The future is bright, me. You, me. 
and hey, your music is now on iTunes, which means that people will buy it. And yes, Gene, they will buy it. Other things that could be more likely than people not buying it. North Korea testing a hydrogen bomb. Ha ha ha. So listen, I've got to go shave my legs because even though it's winter, your man deserves to caress legs that won't leave his palms look like he's been running through a field of thorns all day, shading himself from the sun. Be good, future me. Live long and prosper. I hope our story continues to be great and ever-evolving. Remember, you never really fail. You only learn how to use your ginormous failures for financial gain, employment, and others' entertainment. Give it up for Gene Gray! Hey, hey, hey. If you like this episode, you should probably like us on Facebook, too. You know, just so you can see our beautiful faces, find out about special events we're having, and other good stuff like pictures of Oprah and bread. I love bread. And thanks for making us number one on iTunes. We love you all so much that we're hitting the road. And we're going to be in Austin, Texas for the Moon Tower Comedy Festival, April 21st through the 24th. Get yo ticks. You ever use Google? Great. Type in Moon Tower Comedy to get your tickets to see two dope queens. I hope we see you there. If not, well, you made a bad choice with your life. Two Dope Queens is produced by Joanna Salataroff. Our team includes Rachel Neal, Jen Poyant, Paula Schumann, Joe Plord, Alex Overington, and Shanoa Estrada. Our theme music was composed by Jeff Brodsky. My first CD was in sync, no strings attached to it. Oh, wow. Like You're so much thing. younger than me. I'm trying to think. With my own money, I got two CDs. I got a Boys to Men CD, Ovs, and I got a Sting CD. Oh, I love that. I love Sting. Baby Phoebe is like adult Phoebe. Realized. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Fields of gold in my bedroom. I know. Like, I'm like, remember when in sync went on tour, and that was when I first discovered my sexuality? <laughs> <laughs> 